0: Good morning and welcome to Canine Translators Podcast. This is a podcast of dog trainers talking about dog natural training and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts, Tara Sturmer and Laura McClure, Head Behavior Trainers at
1: Canine Working Mind. Our facility is located in Austin, Texas.
0: Our goal in this podcast is to help our species understand canine communication and their behaviors. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas about future
1: podcasts, please email us at info at translatorscom That's info at the letter K, the number nine,
0: translators.com. So today is episode 19. I think I got it right this time. Yeah. All right. We're on episode 19, y'all. Um, and again, we want to say thank you to all the listeners. We're getting a lot of good feedback from uh, people that are listening, and uh, a lot of emails that are coming in. Uh, we're going to read a couple of them. Yeah, uh, Laura's going to Laura's going <laughs> to do the reading because I haven't had enough coffee yet this morning.
1: Yeah, so we got uh we got an email f- from uh, Veronica about her dog Bo, who uh, had come to us for training due to some reactivity issues, um, and. She was just commenting about how she had been listening to the podcast on her road trip um, with Bo. That's awesome. And and she just said that as she was listening, she just kept saying, yep, yep, that's me. Um, From, like, tales of reactive dogs like Bo to fostering and working with special needs fosters. And she just related to it so much. Um, and that Bo has been doing really great with his foster brothers. But the episode that really got her was the dog sports. Because Bo and her started to do agility two years ago. Competitive and, agility. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so proud of them. She said it's been great for his confidence and to build their bond and trust in each other. So um, between the work that she did with training and doing the agility... Like, Bo's a completely different dog uh, now, so he's no longer, you know, overreactive and and just scared of life. Yeah, we saw Um, him a couple of weeks ago. He came for a class. Yeah. And a different dog. Yeah. So she she was afraid she was going to have to rehome him pretty much, but now um, they're doing awesome. Uh, They just started doing DISC. Too, which oh, nice. she said um, that he is completely obsessed and loves it. Fantastic! And um, she's hoping that at some point that you and the kids can come out and watch one of his agility. Oh, trials. of course we will. We yeah, definitely so.
0: will. As you, you let us know when they are, and my kids would absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And she said. Um, She is one of those people with no yard in a two-bedroom condo who turns everyday items into course equipment, too. Because she (laughs) doesn't have the ability to just have an agility uh, thing like you do in the yard. (laughs) That's fantastic. And then we also got another email from Karen who said that she was just realizing after listening to our podcast that she needs to try to control her temper with her dog um, a little bit more. And she said that she now is realizing that when she, even when she's just getting angry on the phone with a person or a machine, it has an impact on her dog, even though it's not directed
0: at her dog. And we we don't think about that, right? No. But, um, But there are times that I can tell you that Vincenzo has looked at me like, What What is wrong wrong? with you? Yeah. And that's what she said. She said, your
1: podcast made me realize that the anger probably makes me look like a complete, out-of-control, untrustworthy whack job. Oh, my God. I will try to do better.
0: Okay. (laughs) We're human. We're human. We all lose our patience. And uh, the great thing about dogs, though, is that they adapt, right? Yeah. So I'm Italian. I'm loud. Y'all have been listening. I am pretty loud. I'm pretty brash. I'm pretty blunt. Um, and my dogs adapt to that uh, my wife is super super quiet uh super quiet so big differences in our house but dogs adapt that's why we love them so yeah. much you know yeah yeah it um most of uh, most of the people that i have around me uh can deal with my loud ass like you um <laughs> or my closest friends right they're just as loud and sarcastic as i am uh, i don't think i would be good friends with somebody who couldn't right they would be like oh i gotta get out of here kind of offended but that's how dogs are they they adapt and they are that's why we love them yeah that's why we love them
1: yeah so thank you to both veronica and karen we loved being able to read your emails and uh and hear about the the things you're trying to do with your dogs that's
0: fantastic i'm super excited about Bo with the agility yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so
0: that's awesome
1: but if y'all, if anybody else, ha- I mean, feel free. We love reading the success stories if you're either realizing something that you want to do different with your dog after hearing uh, the podcast or just your your success stories that you're having with your dogs. We love to be able to kind of brag about right. you and Or even and your if you dog. have
0: questions. Yeah. You have questions, shoot them out to us, you yeah. know? Um, we love to hear questions. Ch- yeah, and, chances
1: and are you're not the only one with that right. question.
0: Yeah. Right. So...
1: Uh, All right, so then today we're going to be talking about the um,
0: phases in a dog's life. All right, so phases of a dog's life. Uh, A lot of times people come to us and tell us that their dogs are starting to show um, reactivity, uh, you know, and uh, aggression or just
1: in general. Getting into things. Getting into
0: things or untrusting um, and one of our clients that listens to our podcast actually asked us if we would do a whole episode on the phases of dog's life because a lot of people don't uh, don't understand it, don't realize it, or don't know it, right? Yeah. So uh, So we decided that we we're gonna do an entire episode just on the phases. Yeah, um, Most of the time when somebody comes to us and says, you know, all of a sudden, my dog might have been showing, minor behavior things and then all of a sudden it started out of nowhere starting yeah. to really show escalate. some escalate escalation and and serious behavior and almost always Laura and I our first question is when yeah right so sexual peak right so we're going to talk about the 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 phases we'll start from puppyhood
1: yeah so like We always talk about when we have puppy classes and stuff, the social window for dogs being up until they're about six months, Uh, but there's even more in that of, which is why we always ask if the puppy was with their mom, because there's definitely a big learning time right when they're super young like
0: we're talking to weeks right and we get we we have a lot of people unfortunately nowadays um you know people we have an overpopulation of pets so yeah they're trying to get the dogs out the door at an earlier age yeah, so, so whenever we get, have
1: a consult and someone says well i got them at six weeks or seven weeks or even eight weeks i'm literally like wincing and right. like internally like okay right so. now
0: and you know we always uh, if you watch our Facebook page um, we had a huge live rant only because um, I actually made Laura do it uh, she didn't want to do it because we're gonna be talking about it again but we had a huge rant about uh, breeders right breeding um, yeah. reputable breeder okay a breeder that actually cares about the line uh, and not just cares about the money A breeder that cares about the line is going to keep those puppies with their parents until minimum 12 weeks They're not going to sell at 8 weeks because those puppies learn traits from their parents from their mom, right? So uh, we actually have a research study all about it
1: Uh,
0: a whole bunch of Hand-fed bottle-fed puppies in surrogate situations do those hand-fed puppies uh, pick up traits from the surrogate mom and they do yeah. so far we're we're not done with our study but so far yeah we're finding it you know you could take a border collie litter of border collies and raise them with an english mastiff and you're going to get a whole bunch of lazy, lazy couch, potato. couch potato dogs that yeah yeah um because great they're watch dogs though yeah
1: but they're learning from from mom at that time so those puppies when they're taken that early or like if you go to the shelter and and they didn't have the opportunity cuz maybe mom wasn't found or right. mom passed away i mean then it's it is important to for them to have a surrogate, if possible, like if they're in a foster home or even in a, in your home, right? But the surrogate is important. That it's a a well balanced surrogate. And if it's not, let's say yeah.
0: you know, let's say, uh, and we we've had plenty of people that find puppies or you know um, get. Um, Their heartstrings tugged. Yeah, so they go and they take a a foster puppy in and maybe their dog at home still needs some work Yeah, but you could still work with that, you know Um, If you can have a well-balanced stable dog be a surrogate play buddy. Yeah, right Not a dog y'all that's gonna beat the daylights out of the puppy for rude behavior That's not what we're talking about here surrogate like behaviors how does your adult dog behave with you? Yeah does your adult dog go up and jump all over you? Well the puppy's gonna pretty much and uh, do the same do thing. the same thing. Are they
1: nervous about guests or people coming in? Well they're going the puppy's gonna read that especially
0: at that young age they're literally a sponge right They're so. gonna go okay the adult dog is worried about somebody coming through that dragon mouth of the front of the house the, yeah. that's what we call our front door yeah. the dragon mouth, right. Um, somebody's going to come through there. The adult dog is worried about it. Uh, I should be, too. I should be worried about right. it, too. So if you have a well-balanced dog, or you could, you know... I mean, um, almost everybody has a friend with a dog. Yeah. Almost everybody. Yeah. Right.
1: And it's and it's just with, the, with those puppies, it's just making sure that they have that healthy time. And that's one of the reasons when we do puppy class, we're always trying to get those puppies in for good social experiences. If we bring in our dogs into puppy class, they are... You know, well-balanced dogs, so that way they can learn proper play and proper socialization and interacting and that kind of stuff. Because especially in that in that time, up until they're six months old,
0: they are—it's their social window. They are absorbing as now, much as possible. I do want to be clear. We've already discussed this in the corrections, right? Yeah. Uh, but I do want to be clear when you use an adult dog. I did state stable <laughs> yeah. dog. I am not saying that that adult dog should correct the puppy. What I am saying is that if you have a stable, well-socialized adult dog and your puppy gets rough, that adult socialized dog is going to walk away. Yeah. They're not going to show aggression. They're going to walk away, and they're going to make life boring for the puppy. So what happens is the puppy goes, oh, okay, that was too much. Yeah. That's what we're talking about when we're saying find a surrogate.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing, like, with Benjamin – um, Benjamin is that that way at home, like with all the puppies that have, at this point. Whether it's been my foster puppies or the ones that I've actually uh, adopted, I mean, that's why he is so great. With yeah. because he is so calm. And if the puppies are being crazy, he literally will just ignore them or he'll just get up and move. Right. And then they, you know, oh, okay. And they go and do their own thing and go find something else to do. he's no fun, so let me do it with
0: another dog. Whereas
1: Raven is not that way because Raven doesn't like the chaos of puppies as much and she wants to try to correct them. So I have to be more mindful with Raven of making sure she doesn't overstep and try to correct the puppies. Right. But Um, puppies
0: should have a surrogate if they're under 12 weeks. Yeah. um, Or a surrogate buddy. Yeah. That they can you know play properly with um, because up until six months you know when we do like Laura was saying when we do those socialization classes we want your puppy to get everything that is potentially scary and unknown yeah out of the way because usually
1: a lot of the times in the consults if we have a dog especially that's coming when they're less than a year old and they said that you know problems started at six months around six months or right after six months maybe around seven eight months i'm my first question is how much socialization did they get? Did you take them out a lot? Did they get to meet a lot of people? Did they meet a lot of dogs? Or were they staying at home? Right. Um, and, and staying in the uh, in the house or just in your yard or anything like that. And a lot of the times, especially now, um, I mean, that we have a lot of, quote-unquote, COVID dogs. I mean, at this point, every dog is a COVID dog. But especially the puppies that were born at, during that time of anti-social right uh it, everybody it,
0: was anti-social right us included
1: yeah, yeah. It, it made it really hard to try to socialize those dogs and then you, we started seeing those issues mm-hmm. pop up after six months and that's always my question of how much how much should they socialize yep. uh during that time because if you start seeing issues right after then Uh, not every time, but a lot of it could be just lack of experience.
0: Right. Social inexperience is very common. Yes. Very common. And, uh, so can't, is it a lost cause? No. No. No, it's not a lost cause, but these are the windows that a lot of people don't, uh, don't know about. So, you know, at six months that window shuts, any behavior that they might've been unknown or worried about now becomes an issue at six months. Yeah. Okay. Now, it might not be a horrible issue, yeah. but between six and eight months, you're going to have a great test phase. Now, I say great, because that's when Laura and I see a pup and go, oh yeah, we know what we're going to do with that pup yeah. for work-wise. Yeah. Um, but your average owner is going to go, oh my God, I have a pterodactyl.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, but... Between six and eight months is the first testing stage. They'll start to jump on you. They'll mouth a little harder. Yeah. Um, now, all of these things, if they were in a natural dog pack, if they started jumping or mouthing at at six to eight or nine months, uh, an adult dog would then start to correct. Yeah. Puppies have a kind of a free range up until they're six months with adult dogs. So the 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 adult dogs are going to go. All right, kid, you're bothering me. I'm going to walk away. We're done with this. I'm not playing with you anymore. Yeah. But after they hit six months, that's when you start to see an adult dog in a pack go, okay, we're done. Yeah. It's time to grow up a little bit. It's yeah. the adolescent stage. You're no longer a puppy. So get out of this and stop being rude, right? Yeah. So that's when adult dogs will start to correct. And that's also when a lot of bad behaviors are learned.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you like Tara said, you, you'll have the jumping, you'll have the mouthing, you might see more like counter surfing yep. situations, or um, just being overly rude, whether that's with people or with dogs, like, I'm going to come get right up in their space, right up in their face, I'm going to start jumping on other dogs, I'm going to have more wrestle type play than chase or running around and bouncing they're just they're testing all the boundaries i'm going to see what am i going to be allowed to do and get away with and if i'm allowed to get away with it Mm -hmm. then it's going to become more of a habit at that point and then and then it could increase and become more of a problem as they get
0: older and And, move into the next test and the problem is that dog brain and behavior work in threes. Yeah. So, let's say you have a puppy, you take him in or any dog, adult, puppy, doesn't matter. Um you take in the dog and uh the first 3 days y'all is always the honeymoon period. It could be a 100% fantastic honeymoon or it could be a 100% holy hell what did I get myself into, yeah. right? So you have you know 50/50 on what you're going to get that first 3 days, but it takes 72 hours for cortisol levels in a dog to uh, even out From a transition period. Now that means, let's say, which is why we have such a problem when people move. Mm -hmm. You move from one place to the next, 72 hours your dog is adjusting to that that environment. So you're not going to get the real read on that dog. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, day four or the evening of day three, you start to see some issues. We see it a lot with stay and train, right? Yeah. Dog comes in for stay and train. On day three, the dog is going and I'm done because yeah. I'm equal and I know where I am. I know what this is about. First three days, they're not sure. Yeah. They're literally adjusting their, their own cortisol and their own levels and observing everything that's going around. So you might get a dog for three days. Now this is the hard part for shelters and rescues because a lot of times people will take a dog Uh, out of a rescue and they go the dog was fine at the rescue it must be me no ma'am no sir it's not yeah it is literally that they may not have had that dog long enough to see the real dog yeah
1: and it takes that time for that decompression time for sure it it, it definitely is a thing and whether that dog's a young dog or an adult dog it's the same across the board it's the same
0: thing cortisol has to level out in order to see the real dog so the first three days we know and we hear a lot from rescues that they get dogs back within the first 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not, you're not seeing the real dog yet, you know. Yeah. Give the dog 72 hours minimum to adjust. Yeah. Now, And then you got the three-week mark. The three-week mark, the dog knows it's not leaving. Yeah. This
1: is my home. I'm obviously not going to go anywhere.
0: Which is one of the other reasons why a lot of stay and train places won't go longer than three weeks
1: yeah we don't
0: right and we yeah. don't
1: recommend it because no. we don't want
0: the dog thinking that this is their home because then you want you have to worry about detachment right yeah. so if the dog stays with us for three weeks and then goes home it's got another three weeks and then it might go back to a training facility not here because we don't do that however you might see that right and then you got a dog that's bouncing from place yeah. to place and they feel like they can't attach because. This was my pack, and oh my God, I got tossed out. And now this is my pack, and oh my God, I got tossed out. So that dog starts to get detachment issues, right? Now, um, three weeks, they realize they are part of the pack, so you'll start to see true behaviors as well. Yeah, that's
1: usually when we'll start to hear about, like, reactivity issues. Mm -hmm. Is it didn't start until after they were in the house for you know, most people will say about a month, and then we're like, are we talking like a month, or or are we talking a little bit less than a month, and most of the time, they're going to say, you know, within a couple weeks, and and it
0: ends up becoming around three-week time. And we're OCD, y'all. We We, are. We do try to figure all that out. We want to know exactly, and the reason is because, you know, for us, research is key, so we always keep uh, all of this, all of these numbers, that's what we do I want to know and in 35 plus years that is the numbers the numbers are three days three weeks and then three months three months and every three months thereafter is when a dog starts the challenge now the first three months you're gonna get a pretty significant change three months is when you start to see it maybe a dog will start to bite right that reactivity might start to turn to true intent yeah right now, and when we talk about true intent, aggression is true intention to do harm. Yeah. If your dog is not truly intending to do harm, they're not being aggressive, okay? They're overreacting to stimulus. Now, if, you, if that dog were to actually get to something um, and do damage, then we know they had a true intent.
1: Yeah, and re- reactivity is just, I'm just, I'm overreacting. Because I don't know, potentially, I don't know what to do. Right. I don't know it's what scary. to do to myself. It's scary. You know? And and so, a lot of the times at that three months, you might have been seeing reactivity before, but now I'm actually seeing some true intent that's showing up. And, and it's because now your dog has found their place in the pack, and so now it's time to
0: start displaying that, that strength. That first three-month test stage yeah. is to say, is this what you want from me? Yeah. Right. Um, now, when we say, if is this what which you... Sorry, y'all. Um, we are always distracted by the crazy cat in the room. Um, at the three-month mark, when they start to test, it's if they go through that first test and they are successful, then the six-month mark, it's pretty bad. Yeah.
1: Yep. Right. And then it'll escalate again. At the 9 At month. the nine-month, at the 12-month. I mean, and it's... And successful being... If you weren't able to stay consistent in keeping their behaviors under control. And that does not mean, like, that, yeah, they're going to potentially have success being reactive. Right. But did you lose your cool? Right. Did you give up? Right. Did you not stay consistent with just your basic foundational rules in the house and
0: you just kind of, like, whatever, just let them do what they need to do? And that's kind of what we do, too, as humans, right? Yeah. We're so predictable. So... And we are very predictable. So what typically happens is after about three months, everybody comes into training. And this is going to go out and probably ruffle a little bit of feathers. But everybody goes into training, right? I'm not going to say everybody. 90% of the clients that bring a dog for training will go into training strong and hard. Yeah. And they're going to make that commitment. I am going to do this. It is time to make a change. And then by the third month mark, we start to see them Pedal out.
1: Slip away, Either they're not practicing,
0: away. or they stop showing up to appointments, right? Yeah. And it's literally just because, okay, well, I went in hard and strong, but yeah, I'm done. Yeah, right. And
1: then we'll usually hear from them at about the six, six, the six none, or the nine, nine. or yeah. the year mark,
0: that the nine month mark, or the absolute year. We do, yeah. we have a, oh. we have a lot of year mark <laughs> clients. We have so many clients that contact us to the almost to the day one yeah. year later, going okay we have to do something yeah
1: there's been an escalation or they bit someone now and it's just okay well we need it we need to finish the stuff have you been staying consistent and a lot of the times it's well i was at first but then they were doing so well that i got a little slack and and that's human nature with the foundational things you can't do it right so even with like i mean i talked about with ben he's a great dog But he still has to follow the foundational rules at all times. I mean, we just had it just yesterday because he's running around in the yard. My wife called for everybody to come in to get breakfast. And Benjamin was all like, no, I want to run some more. And just started running circles around the yard, completely ignoring her. And she was like, okay. And she went inside and she fed the other four dogs and then literally the moment she shut that door he was like wait what Mm -hmm. and like ran over to the door and it was like sorry son that was your call you decided you didn't want to come inside and you know
0: what this morning he came inside when he was called and a lot of people think that that's mean and here's the thing it's not if you have a dog pack and a dog walks away from a carcass humans not involved because we have emotions yeah right we're not involved they walk away from that carcass, there is no way all the other dogs are going to watch their watch and go, all right, I'm going to give you 15 minutes you can before you I start to eat. you run around
1: and have some first. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, it's
0: good. We'll wait. We'll yeah. wait. No. They're going to eat and then they're not going to get an opportunity to eat. Yeah. And we feed our dogs twice a day so they get food. Right. Yeah. Um, if they miss a meal, y'all, dogs will never starve. No, they're not stupid. Right. They're not going to starve right. themselves. Don't feel bad. That's what we always tell our clients. Stop feeling bad. If your dog goes, Peace out. I'm not listening to you. I don't care if breakfast is coming. Okay, then you're not that damn hungry. Yeah, I guess you're not hungry. Right. Yet. So right.
1: he would, he, and he did learn because this morning he was there for dinner right. that yesterday for dinner. No, he came right to the door That's and right. he was like, Yes, I'm here first in line. Right. Because he he realized that no, if if I'm not gonna listen, mom is always still gonna stay consistent. She's not gonna go chase my ass around the yard.
0: And that's what You're right, that's what we do as humans. Most of most humans will do that. They'll they'll um, cater that way. Cater to it and go. Okay, well I will wait until he comes in, or I'm gonna bribe him to come in, or. Yeah. You know, I was really strong in the beginning, but now I just don't have time. Because yeah. we're always on a schedule. Humans are always on a schedule, and and, and going to set the food down. He'll come get it God, when he wants. Laura and I have the worst schedule, y'all. I mean, <laughs> honestly, we have the worst schedule, I think, out there. However, we still stay strict, right? Yeah. And I see how it can go. Because I know uh, a lot of people, um, my wife included, you know, she might go... You know what, I don't have time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the bowl down and, yeah, like you said, they can eat when they get it's inside. A,
1: they'll, get, they'll get it at some point. Right.
0: Um, but she also knows that she wouldn't be able to have the dogs that we have. Yeah. Right.
1: Because if your dog starts realizing that that's the case, then, again, it goes back to what we've talked about before, you're not involved. Right. The food just appears. It's right. a magical refilling bowl. And
0: they're in charge of everything. Right. Right. And, and if you hit this 14 to 18-month period during that, now... This would, we started talking about the six to eight month period. This is all about that six to eight month period, right? We start yeah. foundation, we start telling them what the rules are, we start telling them, yes, the rules are going to play, and if a human is consistent, when you get to the 14 to 18 month, that stage is the sexual peak. Spayed, neutered, or not, mentally, they're going to hit that sexual peak. Yep. 18 year old that wants the car keys, and yeah. it's like, peace
1: out, I'm I know doing everything. my own thing.
0: I know everything, give me the keys, get out of here, I don't want to talk to you. Right. Yeah. So, and that's basically what a dog's mental stage is at that point. They're the the rowdy teenager that, you know, has a later curfew. So, when you go through the foundation at the puppyhood and you stay strict and consistent, then that, uh, yeah, the 14 to 18 month is easier. But, if you look at our shelters, y'all, they are full of dogs between the ages, 14 months to two years. Yep, because a lot of dogs are... Brought to the shelter at that time,
1: and then they're crazy in the shelter. Well, then they they had no foundation. Right, and then they become more behavioral issues because they're in a shelter environment, and it's a stressful environment, and they're, I mean, while the shelter's trying
0: to have as much structure as they can, I mean, it's hard when you have that many dogs. 400 and something dogs I think Austin's at, but we're going to get to the shelter, because we'll go off on a tangent on that one. We we both have (laughs) a lot of opinions about shelter, but... Um, but that's why gonna, it's
1: gonna happen it's, that way. That's why there's happen. so many dogs that are that well, I mean, age.
0: I can't even I, I think the numbers in Austin right now are 400 plus. Yeah, um, but it, then
1: you you are you're you're having those dogs that are at that age because it's hard. It's difficult to go through that test phase. and I mean, we do have a lot of clients that will come and they'll start doing classes or or even sessions with us prior, and then they get to that stage and they come and they're like, they just aren't listening to me anymore. It's like everything just fell out of their head, and they don't even remember how to sit anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but you're they're 15 months old. They're 16 months old. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome.
0: <laughs> Teenagers are tough, y'all, whether
1: they're canine or human. Yeah. The biggest thing is just you have to stay patient. Take a deep breath if you're getting frustrated. But make sure you follow through, because if you don't follow through in any of these test phases... Your dog is going to remember that, and they're going to know that they were successful, and oh, I didn't have to sit, because they gave up after asking me three times, so now right. next time, I'm going to make
0: sure that they have to ask me at least six, maybe seven times before I right. will actually do it. And the 14 to 18 month old, uh, you know, stay, even, like she said, the foundation, stay stay true to it. Yeah. 14 to 18 months, it is a horrible stage for everybody to go to, go through with their dogs. Easier for some because they stay strict and consistent, but you're still gonna have challenges. Yeah My melted chocolate chip cookie was a pterodactyl between 14 to 18 months old every single day I went good lord, please get to two years old. Yeah, and at two He was much better. That's the same with Forrest literally
1: right. like I lot I love him, but he had exact test ages like at six months at nine months, at a year, yeah. Some at dogs you every it. three months. But then that 14, 18 months, I was literally like, I want to pinch your head off. Like, <laughs> I love you, but I want to freaking <coughs> pinch your little head off. Yeah, yeah. But it was like clockwork. The moment he got out of that phase, it was like... Oh, my God, my dog is yep. back. Thank it's goodness.
0: It's back. It's back. Yeah. The real forest is back. I'm yes. really
1: worried about Fez because yeah, gonna be he is coming up on his year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be a year old in, in a couple weeks, and that'll also be, because for some reason I like to just grab the dogs at awesome times, mm-hmm. it'll be our nine-month mark of him being in the house when he turns a year old. Yep. And again, that just means that I'm going to be dealing with his test phase of being a year, plus my whole PAX test phase of him being in the house for nine months at the same time. And I'm just just so excited. And these
0: are things, y'all, that everybody uh, should know. That's why we're bringing it up, because a lot of times people give up and you don't have to give up you know just be aware that these stages are coming and you know like I said Laura and I are pretty OCD about keeping track of calendar dates of when we bring a dog in what we should expect in which months you don't have to be that OCD however do remember that these things are going to happen in every dog's household yeah three months six months nine months a year six to eight months first test stage 14 to 18 months the ultimate pterodactyl (laughs) stage yeah okay (laughs) yeah and then if they get through the 14 to 18 month old with the pterodactyl stage well then you're going to get through the adult space of two to about five is when you start to see aggression yeah like true intent i know especially
1: if they had a lot of success
0: i know for sure i've had success and i know for sure my human wants me to and again it's not a lost cause yeah not a lost cause. Don't think that your dog is not fixable. There are only two types of aggression that not fixable. Find a professional. Okay, yeah. but so adult stage two to you know six ish is the adult stage. Then when you turn six, the dog turns six or seven. They start to. I hate to say this. They start to turn towards the senior years, and mm-hmm. um, eventually, uh, I, we do have a podcast set up where we have one of our fav- favorite veterinarians that are going to come on with us and mm-hmm. talk about uh, medical things, yeah. but um, at that stage, I'm pretty sure she she says six to eight years as well for a senior, they start to develop senior.
1: Yeah, and some behavior changes for seniors, I mean, a lot of the times with seniors, once they start to get the, to that age, I mean, they know that they're... they're they're aware of their ages right they're aware of if they're getting weaker as they're getting older so Right. You they're not might... paying
0: attention to numbers like us vanity yeah. filled humans no <laughs> they're they're paying attention to ow
1: yeah right yeah and that can be they start having like joint issues or they might be losing some hearing or some of their sight um and and especially if they're in a, a pack or you're taking them on walks and they're seeing other dogs i mean if they're If you notice they're starting to be more reactive, but they're at that age, that senior stage, well then it might be looking at, well, is it because they feel weaker so they need to show and display more? Or is there something medical going on? So anytime that I have a dog that comes in for a consult and they're eight years old and they said that they just started showing reactivity or aggression out of nowhere, Okay, well we we have a lot of things like medical. immediately I'm saying I want you to go to the vet. I uh, want you to get things tested because I need to rule out that it's not something medical, especially when it's just out of the blue when they're older that way and it just shows up out of nowhere. I need to rule out the medical. And part we of don't, us.
0: you know, and I think a lot of people overlook it because they think you know six to eight years is mid age, yeah, and they're not going to have some issues. Uh, yeah. and I'm going to say I just just found out that my eight-year-old Patterson has a, you know, a pretty bad uh, disease going on, but he's only eight. Yeah. Still very young. Right. He's still very young. He's a a smaller sized dog. Um, So that blew me away because he's eight. You you don't, you have to remember it's genetics, but it's also if your dog starts to feel off, if you think your dog is showing more reactivity. All of a sudden, it's medical. Go check
1: it out. Go check it out. Make sure that there's not something going on. It's not
0: something that's black and white where they go, today I'm nice, tomorrow I'm civil. That's not how it works. Yeah. If I wake up in the morning and my shoulder is frozen because I'm old and my daughter comes up to give me a great big hug on that side, I am kind of turning around and it might look like I'm being abrupt or rude, but I'm I'm, I'm favoring my shoulder, right? Um, And she might step back and go, what's wrong you know nothing it's fine i'll hug you with the other side but your dog is going to do the same thing they're going to jump up and snap around to get to protect that part of the body that doesn't feel well okay and that's what
1: i had to deal with with charlie as charlie was getting older because he had really bad hips i mean with the other dogs he became very guardy of his hips and the space around his hips not i mean and charlie was a He was a controlling dog, but he wasn't control aggressive by any means. But when I really noticed that it was getting worse was even if I touched his hips or his back leg, that he would whip around or he would give a grunt or something. And that's when I was like, okay, well, we need a little bit more. I already had him on supplements. I already knew it was an issue. He was already taking meds. But that was when it was a, okay, we're going to go talk to the vet because I know that it's getting worse, and I right. want to make sure that I'm I'm making a point about it. But I mean, that pain elicited—that's
0: a thing. It is a thing. There's there's a lot of times, a dog. I don't care if it is the sweetest dog on earth. You have pain. They're going to pain elicited aggression is real, real, real. Yeah. A lot of times, people are like they're just <clears throat> they're just getting grumpy in their old age because it hurts. It y'all. hurts. Yeah, and they're going protect sense. themselves. Yeah. They're going to get a little bit more reactive. Go see a vet. I am. I am so adamant about that. You know, uh, anytime a dog shows, uh, Laura and I are routine for every client that comes in here. If I see something that's really like, oh my god, that's out all of a sudden blue, out of the yeah. blue. No, go get the medical checkup. We'll do training.
1: Yeah, but go get the medical checkup. We need to rule out that there's not a medical thing. Because right. If
0: there is, then then there's something uh, that can be done. Yeah, Adelaide. Adelaide was one of our uh, is one of our clients. We just absolutely love, love her. We love Addie, um, and we're going to have her mom on at some point. But yeah. um, uh, Addie is one of our favorite favorite dogs uh, who comes and visits us, and she does classes every week with us because yeah. Mom wants to keep her busy. Um, and she had boarded with us and never ever had a problem with anything. And all of a sudden. Literally, all of a sudden, she started snapping at people when they went to go put a leash on her collar. Now, this has not ever happened, and I was like, nope, there is something going on. Check her eyesight. Bam. Something was wrong with her eyes.
1: Yeah. She was losing vision, and then she is older, so then she's also- I think it was also a pain. She's also having some ouchies. Yeah. Um, and Caitlin so, will tell us more about yeah, what the
0: vet said, but, but we then, knew something was. Yeah, wrong.
1: and now she, you know, she's taking those pain meds, and she's doing much better now. Does she have days where it is like I'm just I'm feeling grumpy because I'm a little stiff? I mean, yeah,
0: I mean yeah. everybody has those right. kind of days. She, it hurts, so don't touch me. Right, yeah. um, and we just give her a little bit more time to adjust and then yeah. get up and move. But yeah. she doesn't have to. Let's go. We're going to get out because yeah. we know she has some owies there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so these are these are things that we just want you to be aware of. Elderly dogs or even mid-life dogs. Yeah. I'm not even going to say elderly. Mid-life dogs. Any dog can show you all of a sudden, show some type of aggression. Please be aware that, you know, go get a vet checkup. Yeah. Please go get a vet checkup. That It's so important to make sure because they can't tell us. They can't tell us. I mean, we have uh, one case in particular was this little white dog, and we're going to run out of time here, so I'm going to have to make this one quick. We have this little white dog named, uh, oh, my God, and I'm probably going to get yelled at by Liz for this, but I think the dog's name was Buster, and I can't remember. Little tiny white dog that they brought for me for an eval. Um, He came out of the car on an eval, and I went, wait, let's stop here for a second. I didn't even meet the dog, but the way he was, he would get happy to see you and then lose his mind and attack his tail and i was like uh go see somebody first let go to a vet first well he had some fused bones in the base of his tail so the poor guy every time he got happy it hurt like some bitch so hey (laughs) you're you're causing me pain i'm happy to see you and i hurt in the rear end so these are the things that people don't think about right they overlook this but it's really important that's the vet profession go they're fantastic you yeah. know go and see your vet i'd rather have someone go and and
1: rule out the medical side of it before we start you know really diving deep into training like we might start one or two things while they're waiting but i mean if there's a medical thing no amount of behavior training is going to I mean as a white do dog anything. honestly Honestly. There's nothing
0: you could have done. There's no behavior training that would have helped that. That poor little guy would get happy and it hurt. Yeah. So, you know, in in that situation, if I didn't catch that or if it wasn't brought to the, uh, the person's attention, yeah. well, then what would have happened? That dog would have been labeled, it's got a switch loose. Yeah. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Don't think that.
1: Yeah. And it's always, you know, always watch for those kind of changes. I mean, we have had dogs that have lost their sight or lost their hearing and they've been very young or they've gotten sick and ended up losing and that's going to cause a behavior change. Yes. I mean it's a drastic change so while we do have these these phases that you can usually follow that six to eight months, the nine months, the 12 months, the 14 to 18 months, those are some of our biggest phases that we talk about with dogs but if you have a sudden change whether it's with your dog's Losing sight or hearing, or bringing in a new pack member, moving, those are going to cause behavior changes. And you're going to start to see those phases of every three months, you might be seeing a new behavior. I mean, three months into having Benjamin. He went through his test phase, and his test phase was literally like two days, which was nice.
0: Right, but his
1: test was, "I'm gonna jump on the couch and drink your water out of the water that you have in this cup holder here." And I literally was like, "What do you think you're doing? You are crazy!" Then he was like, oh, I can't do that. Okay, right. no, I won't do that. Anymore. You can
0: get through the stages. Get some professional help if you need to to get through the phases if they're more intense. But just remember, your dog isn't losing it. You're not doing something wrong. Yeah. It's natural it's normal. stages, okay? That's what there I tell clients of, all the time. There are a lot of trainers out there that can help you. And if you do need help, you can not find a trainer that you mesh with or you don't like or maybe you don't trust, You know, there's questions that you can ask a trainer. You know, you can go and most trainers will allow you to observe a class so you can see how they interact with the dogs, okay? Um, If you have questions for us, you can contact our training facility. We are located in Austin. However, we do uh, sessions with people all over the world via Zoom now, uh, so we can reach out a lot further than we used to. Um, You can contact us if you have training questions Mm -hmm. or... Uh, you know, if you have want to know anything about how to try to find a uh, positive trainer, yeah. uh, give us a shout. Our email for the training business is the letter K, the number 9, workingmind at gmail.com. Okay? Yeah. Now, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future podcasts, you can always That's email gonna us. That's going to be the
1: info at K9
0: Translators.
1: And I'm going to let her say it because I always <laughs> say it wrong. <laughs> Now, next week, um, next week we're going to be having a, a guest. So, we're going to be talking to uh, one of our clients that has gone through uh, the behavior challenges and kind of talking about their process of having their dog, Dino, from puppyhood all the way to he's an adult dog he's now. An adult dog now. Um, and so, we're going to be having his parents on next week to kind of talk about um, his process and in his training process where he's at and in his
0: successes and in all of that kind of stuff and 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 where they need to still work right and we can't stress enough you know if you have questions or if you or even if you have somebody you know we're trying to base this podcast from uh the client end of the leash not from uh we do a lot of ranting um because we've been doing it so long but uh, I want my clients on here. I want people on here who have been through the systems uh, and the protocols and the program, so you can hear it from the owners themselves. Because I yeah. don't, I don't think if I was just to tout out advice here. I'm a trainer. I've been doing this. I know about it. But if I, if we have a, a owner, yeah, who never had any training experience, come on and talk. I think it helps our audience a little bit better. So, yeah, um, if you do have a question don't hold back. Yeah. Okay? I promise you, and if you don't want it read on the air, it's okay. You could just yeah. tell us not to read it on the air, but we'll touch upon it, okay? We'll, yeah, we'll and definitely
1: bring it up, and, and we don't have to say that it was from you.
0: Right. And, and again, um, any any info like that or any questions is info at translators.com. That's info at the letter K, the number nine, translators.com. Okay? As always... Please like, subscribe, share this with your friends, share this with your family. Yeah. Okay? Leave comments. Um, uh, and uh, always remember to see them, hear them in order to help them. And protect first.